funny story this week. I, I like to usually wear t-shirts, and I like to make a statement with my t-shirts. And, and usually it's about a sports team that I, I support. And so this week, I, and it's funny, Ariana made the announcement this morning, I put on my Choose Life t-shirt this morning that I got from the run last year. And, you know, I put it on because it goes good with my jeans. It's blue, and I thought I'd be in the office all day, and, you know, I could make a good statement to all the people I work with, <laughs> which is at the church here. And as the day went on, I got a phone call, oh, I need to go pay this bill, and then I, I got to go make this deposit, and I got to go to this bank, and all of a sudden, I'm going to four different places in my day, which I had not anticipated. And the people stare at you. Go to the teller and the lady across, doing, and you're sitting there, choose life. <laughs> all of a sudden, what I thought would just be, a, you know, a day at the office and, you know, sharing my testimony... It's a little different when you're out there making a statement. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. You can make a statement with your life. You can make a statement with your life. Amen? It's a choice that you make every morning. So try, try to find something in your, in your closet that'll be... something to share. Amen? Living above the noise. We've had a couple amazing sermons. How many of you had your uh, paid stamp? I use it as a bookmark. So every day I open my book. I was a reminder that my debt's been paid. All the handwriting against me has been wiped away, blotted out. And all the accusations have been nailed to, the, to his cross. Amen? I want to challenge you. Get, get one of those stamps. Where, where did it go? We're going to put it out here again. But make it a bookmark or something that you do every day. Tape it on your steering wheel or something or on your mirror. It's a great reminder. Because... Whatever your enemy is, it likes to throw back at you all the negatives. The enemy loves to throw things in your face. And usually what he throws in your face is your shortcomings, your negative experiences, the wrong decisions you've made, where you've been. And he loves to throw that in your face and create noise. I looked up the word noise this week. And this is what noise is. It's sound. Especially sounds that are loud or unpleasant or that cause disturbances. And that is what your enemy loves to do to you. Now, I don't particularly like animals. And so noise to me is a barking dog. And what does noise do? It irritates you. How many of you love it when somebody, have you ever, I remember when I was a kid, some kids loved to put their nails down a chalkboard, okay? Irritation. Irritation. You know, like that pebble in your shoe. Irritation. And what it does is it reminds you of a whole bunch of negative things. And that's what our enemy, whatever it might be, tries to do to us. 
all of a sudden you're yelling at the dog. You're thinking all kinds of crazy thoughts. Or you're cringing and it throws you off. Throws you off of where God wants to be taking you. That's what noise does. Noise causes confusion. The, the passage of Scripture this morning, I really felt that God's going to break some chains this morning. I really felt strong this, as I was studying and I, I'm going to be speaking uh, about David and Goliath. But instead of talking about the fight, I want to talk about the pre-fight. I was reminded of a boxer. You know, if a boxer is only thinking about the punch he can land, he's going to get wiped out. Because three-quarters of boxing is learning how to defend. Three-quarters of boxing is knowing the tactics of the person that you're fighting against. His strong points, what he likes to do, what are his tendencies. So, when we look at chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17... I want to show you the setup. The Philistines. How many of you have ever heard of the Philistines? They were noise. They were noise to the Israelites. They were a constant menace. They were an irritation. They created havoc. They were always coming and disturbing the peace. The, they oppressed the Israelites. How many of that, of that sounds familiar? Just think. Just think of your life. Because our life, we're, we're a picture of the Israelites. Just think, what is, what, is, what is a menace to you? The, the goal of the Philistines was to thwart or confuse or disrupt the development of the Israelites as God's people. That was their goal. So in the first verse, can we throw that first verse? Here the Israelites, I mean, Israelites are, are living peaceably. And what the Philistines gathered together to battle. And they come to a place called Soko. And where is Soko? It belongs belongs to Judah. I read that, and the scripture verse that came to my mind was the thief. He Where does the thief steal from? He doesn't go into his backyard. <laughs> the thief doesn't look in his kitchen or stereo room or TV room to steal something. No, he comes on your territory. Now, what's really interesting, and I don't do this very often, I looked up, they, they came and they camped. Now, that's just not trespassing. They're now camping. They're now camping. If we're we're going to go down a few more uh, verses, but they, they actually were there for 40 days. But now they come. Now, Soko and Zekah, 
Real interesting, I, we just did a Bible research class. So I looked into my Strong's Concordance. How many of you know what a Strong's Concordance is? It's an amazing tool. You should look at it sometime. Here, this is the word soko. It means fenced in. Hedged in. Have you ever felt that way in your life? Trapped? You have no options? And the hedging in gets more and more. That's one of the tactics of noise. Noise, it traps you in, it fences you in. You feel like you're no options. And pretty soon, the trapped-in feeling turns to panic. Have you ever seen anybody make a good decision when they're panicked? Generally, 95% of the time, no. You're watching a movie, and somebody's getting chased, and you say, don't go that way. But they're panicked, and they don't make good choices when you're panicked, when you feel trapped. And this is what the Philistines, they come and they camp on Judah's territory. And Israel begins to panic. Soko, nowhere to hide. Anybody ever feel that way? You feel trapped. Feel like you have no options, nowhere to hide. Well, that's what the Philistines, that's what noise does to us. The confusion, the chaos, all the voices, you feel trapped like you got nowhere to go. Azekah, it means dug up. It literally means, talk, talking about of a piece of ground that has been plowed over. Have you ever felt like you've just been run over? Like you've just been hit. Hit. Azekah, broken. Like you've been through a meat grinder. It's what Azekah. So here are the Philistines coming on to Israel's territory, trapping them. Beating them up. And finally, Ephes Damin. It means at the end. Have you ever felt at the end of your rope? The last straw? You've reached your tipping point. You've reached the end point. That is the tactic. That is one of our the tactics of our enemy. Got to learn. I want to show you some of the things you can do to block. Right? Block. Ooh. Cover the... Oh, I got... Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know, I made all of you sad and depressed. But we have to know God's people perish because they don't know. They don't know what to look for. They, they, don't, they don't know what their options are. Do you realize that you have options? The, the, the Philistines want to make you feel like you have no options. The Philistines want to make you feel like you have no hope. The Philistines want to make you feel like you're end of the line. What's the use? You feel trapped. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to hide. That is a tactic. Next, look at what happens in verse 4. If, if, if you don't already feel like you have no hope, 
Look who comes out. Now, six cubits, that's, that's almost 10 feet tall, by the way. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Bradley, come here. Stand up there. Kezia, come here. Yeah. Now, this is what it would look like. Stand right there. That's what it would look like. Can you imagine? Now, this, this, this is what this guy is holding. Go to verse four, 5. He has a bronze helmet, a coat of mail, weighing 125 pounds. I can't even lift 125 pounds. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but this guy is wearing 125 pounds. Not only does he have a coat of mail on, which are, is like this, this chain stuff, but look at verse 6. He's got, he's got bronze armor. It, yeah. It says a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Another version says he has a chest plate of bronze. So he's got a coat of mail and a bronze chest plate. He's got a javelin. He's got a spear. He's got a sword. He's got armor on his legs. The enemy wants to impress you. To the point where you give up before you even start. He wants to impress you with fear. With doubt. All right, you guys can. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> you can sit down. <laughs> He wants to intimidate you. He wants to intimidate you to the point where I don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. Why bother? You look at what you're facing and you are overwhelmed. You look, oh, there's no hope for you know, the call of God in my life, why, what's the use? I messed up. I don't got the talent for what that person prophesied over me. I don't have the skills for what they just said. And we don't even get off the ground. We don't even get out of our chair. We don't even get out of our bed. What's the use? What is the use? Now, verse 8, not only does the appearance sound impossible, now look what he does. He, he kind of reinforces what you're thinking. <laughs> Why did I bother even coming out to line up for battle? <laughs> this next line, and this is what I feel is incredibly key. Am I not a Philistine and you're the servants of Saul? Now we read that. Who are the Israelites? Were they servants of Saul? That's right. They're the army of the Most High God. So here, they're they're facing this giant that's impossible to defeat. And they're getting intimidated and overwhelmed. And then uh, this verbal assault, this verbal abuse. Have you ever had words spoken over you? Mm. Have you ever had somebody say something to you? First of all, the, the uphill climb, just seeing what I have to go through to get to where I want to go seems impossible. 
But then to have somebody confirm it. And even to lie and to twist. The, the enemy wants to come in into your territory. First, he wants to make you feel like it's impossible. And then he comes and he attacks your identity. He attacks your identity. Two weeks ago, Pastor David, I'm going to look up my notes here to make sure I... I got to correct a few things he said. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor David talked about our belief system. Your belief system. That's what the enemy wants to attack. One. Okay? That's, That's one thing you got to know. Your identity. What do you believe about yourself? Pastor David, 1 John chapter 5. We are overcomers. John chapter 1. He has given, if we believe in him, we are children of God. God knew you. God formed you. God knows exactly who you are in your mother's womb. You are important to him. But we have an enemy that comes in and first crushes us, steals from us. He tries to kill us. He destroys your identity so that you don't even bother fighting. You don't even bother fighting. A couple verses down. Here, a couple more things. Abusive. Negative. You know, you got so much negative around you. And I, I hear, now, what's wrong with positive I hear a lot of people, you know, oh, he's just a positive thinker, positive talking. Well, you got so much negative around you. Look at the positive. Here, here, Goliath, he insults them. He lies. He's deceiving them. His last line there, choose a one. He wants to isolate you. You know, as soon as you feel overwhelmed, as soon as you feel trapped at the end of the line, how many of you just want to go out and just meet everybody and have a good time. Oh, you know, you just want to stay at home, cuddle up on the couch and watch TV. You know, something that's real inspiring. Verse 10, and Goliath said, I Defy. (laughs) I defy. He's beat you up. He's ground you down. He's attacked who you are. Then he defies you, taunts you. Here, the defy means to disapprove, disapprove of you. I defy you. I criticize you. I'm going to demean you. This is what This is what noise will do to you. 
This is what noise, it will overwhelm you. It wants to overwhelm you. Bury you. Bury you. But this morning, have you ever seen that hand come out of the rubble? <laughs> dun, da, da, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's for you, Kieran. <laughs> the eye of the tiger. The hand comes up. You have hope. <laughs> there is hope. Now that I've just kind of deflated everybody. <laughs> there is hope. I want you to look at David. You know, this is only the third mention of David in the Bible. Quite often we think, oh, David and Goliath, yeah, we all, we all know who David is. This is the only third mention of him. Actually, King Saul, well, I'm going to back up. Chapter 16, David is anointed. Chapter 16, halfway through the chapter, the Spirit of the Lord leaves Saul. And it says that when David was anointed, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. So the second mention of David is David being called into the court of the king to play music for him. What's interesting, and this is, I think, a key, the key, when they went to try to find David, first of all, Samuel goes to Jesse and wants to anoint this one of the sons, and seven sons pass by, and the Lord says no to all of them. David wasn't even there. Find the, the, how it mentioned. They, David was tending. I want, to, this, I want this phrase to get into your spirit. David was tending the sheep. David was tending the sheep. A few verses down when they go looking for David because some of the guys that, that, that were ministering or serving Saul, they said, we know this guy, he plays the harp. He'll come and soothe you. You know where they had to find David? David had just been anointed. He went back to Tending the sheep. I'll try to find the verse for you so that you can write it in your notes. 1 Samuel 16, the verse, verse 11, he was tending his father's sheep. Chapter 16 again, verse 19, they had to go find him because he was tending the sheep. Can you go, chapter 17? Oh, there we go. That's verse 19 there. Go to verse, chapter 17, verse 15. This is in the middle of the battle. This is the third mention of David. David would serve Saul, play the harp, and then he would go back to tend the sheep. Then they would call him and saying, Saul's got has had a bad episode, needs to be served, needs to be soothed, and he'd come back and he'd play for Saul. Then he went back and tended the sheep. Many of you, this is what I felt in my spirit this week. Many of you, us, I'll include myself, we get caught up. We get caught up in noise. Some of it's legitimate noise. You know, we have, we have children. We have jobs. We have a rat race. We get caught up in the noise. We never tend the sheep. And what... One picture, 
I'm going to go a little more in depth, but one picture is God has a call on your life. God has a call on your life. And we get caught up in the noise and we forget the call. David would become the greatest shepherd of the nation of Israel. He was practicing. He was practicing on live sheep. I've heard words of prophecy of pastors, music writers, evangelists. What are we doing with what God is calling you? What are you doing with the gift? Are you writing a song? See, David got called by his father to go visit his brothers. And a moment of greatness hit him right in the face. A moment of greatness hit him right in the face. And he was up for it. He was ready for it. What happens to your moment of greatness? Oh, Lord, I'm just so tired this week. I, I, I just can't feel, you know. Get somebody else. <laughs> your moment of greatness comes. Are you ready? Are you ready? Or have you just been wallowing in the noise? I got a quote because they, somebody can say it way better than I can. You know, we, we think of moments of greatness. You know, Joseph had his moment of greatness. And he hit it out of the ballpark. And next, he's second in command. But what if he had just cursed God? Say, look at this jail cell I'm in. I'm going to forget about you. He would have died there. <laughs> How about Moses? He, he tended sheep too. His moment of greatness, oh God, you know what? I made such a horrible decision 40 years ago. I'm going to mess it up again. Actually, he told God a few things that he didn't want to go. But he, he was ready. He had learned something out, out there in the desert. His moment of greatness. Come. Esther. Esther. Her moment of greatness. What you do. I need my glasses. Sorry. I have to wait for the moment of greatness. Because I highlight it and I can't read it. Oh, man. Okay. What you do. Stupid thing. <laughs> All right, ready. You want to you get ready get ready to write. What you do on some great occasion. What you do on some great occasion depends on who you already are. What you do on some great occasion depends on who you already are. Are you cowering? Are you overwhelmed? Are you defeated?
second half of the quote. And who you are, and who you are is the result of previous years of discipline. And who you are is the result of previous years of discipline. You know, you can sit in those previous years of jealousy. You can sit in those previous years in envy, bitterness, anger, defeat. Or tending the sheep, preparing. David prepared... God sent a lion. God sent a bear. Now, he could have said, I'm just a little shepherd boy, and he only took one of my sheep, and I still got 99. So that's a pretty good ratio. So we're just going to cower back here. We're just going to hunker down. We're just going to ride this one out. But no, he went after the lion. And it says, this is his words, I smote him, which means I hit him, and I took the sheep back. And then the lion came after me. And so I killed him. The bear came. I smote him. Are you ready to resist? There are, there's so much noise that has happened. There is so much noise that has happened. David, the preacher boy. Remember that? He's just a goody-goody too. That's what they called David growing up. He could have just felt sorry for himself. Pastor David, he, he had an aneurysm. Put him out of commission for a whole year. They could have said, ah, oh, that's just my lot in life. You know, nobody even believed in me anyways, so... Except mom <laughs> and dad. Mom and dad believed in him, yeah. You know, we can get knocked down... That is not the end of the line. You may have got hooked up in a wrong relationship. Made some wrong choices. Now you feel trapped. You feel like you're at the end of the road. You feel all torn up, plowed over. What is the use why even bother? Oh, I'm, wow, I forgot what time it was. It means I'm at the end of my line. <laughs> What's the use? I shouldn't even finish. I shouldn't even finish. <laughs> oh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I really thought, okay, what does tending the sheep mean? I wanted to come up with some really amazing insight. And the only insight, and maybe this is the insight, because I, I wanted to come up with some cool, real neat things that everybody could do. Tending the sheep. And this is what I came up with. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You feel beat up. He restores my soul. 
Maybe you've made some wrong decisions going down the wrong path. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Oh, man, I can't get away from this harassment, these negative thoughts. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. Oh, my world is just full of turmoil. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's tending the sheep. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Mm. Meditate on these five things. For you are with me. You have the presence of God. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table, Lord, before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Oh, let's just all close our eyes. I, I really... You know what? I, I don't know all the noise that you might be facing, but you can live and rise above the noise. You know, sometimes the noise is created because of our own intelligence and what we thought was good at the time. We make some bad choices, but you know what? God can wipe that clean. Some of the noise is created by a Goliath who was maybe yelled at you, abused you, assaulted you. Jesus was assaulted for you. Jesus was abused for you. Jesus took a verbal beating as well as a physical beating for you. Whatever noise wants to overwhelm you, wants to weigh you down, wants to make you feel overwhelmed like there's, what's the use? Makes you feel like you've been plowed over. What's the use? You are a child. Actually, I want to read this song. And you probably all know it. But I want you, hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we have met every single day of your life. I'm the whisper inside that won't let you forget. Hello, my name is Defeat. I know you recognize me. Just when you think you can win, I'll drag you right back down again. Till you've lost all belief. These are the voices. These are, this is the noise. These are the lies. But you can believe them for the very last time. This morning, let it be the last time. Think of yourself this way. My name is Child. Of the one true king. I've been saved. I've been changed. I have been set free. Amazing grace is the song I sing. Hello. My name is child of the one true king. I am no longer defined. By all the wreckage behind. The one who 
makes all things new, has proven it's true. Just take a look at my life. Let's all stand. You know, David wasn't the strongest, fastest, meanest. Bigger, stronger, faster. That wasn't David. That was his oldest brother. <laughs> you should you should read that chapter. You know, the Israelites stood for 40 days listening to that abuse. 40 days. That's long enough to build a new habit. So when David got there, you know what Eliab said? His oldest brother? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Why did you come to the battle? You're evil and you're naughty. He was echoing Goliath. A child of the king was echoing the noise. Today, can be your last day to hear the noise. Some of us are so used to the noise, we're repeating the noise. Today is your last day. You're a child of the king. Do you realize the benefits that are with being a child of the king? Every resource that is available to the king is available to you. It's available to you. Just, let's just close our eyes. The Heavenly Father, we are your children. Lord, I just prayed this morning that you will just deposit a revelation of the new identity that they have. Lord, we hear so many voices that create confusion, that create havoc, and we forget who we really are. We forget what you have called us to. This morning, Lord, I just pray for a fresh, a reminder. a reviving of what you've already called us to. Lord, I pray your anointing oh, Heavenly Father, your anointing this morning that just comes and just wipes. That just comes and wipes. That comes, and just like we heard last week, it'll just blot out the handwriting. We'll blot out the noise, the voices, those words. Lord, your anointing that'll come and just wipe it clean. We will live above the noise of our past. And we will live into the future of your calling. Live into the future of what you have called us to be. What you have called us to do. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just pray this morning. And we will learn to hear your words. Your words, Lord. Your words. Heavenly Father, let us draw upon what you have called us. Let us draw upon your words of life. Help us to choose life. 
choose life. We are overcomers. We can do all things through Christ. Lord, there's nothing impossible for you. Lord, the battle belongs to you. The battle is yours. It's not our might. It's not our power. But it's by your spirit. Let us get that into our spirit, Lord. Lord, that you have already won the victory, that you have already crushed Satan, that you have already defeated him, that you have bound him. Lord, and we can walk in the freedom. You have already set us free. Lord, and you want us to walk in that freedom. Lord, let us get that into our spirit. Lord, that you are the light of the world. Lord, you live in us and darkness cannot comprehend, cannot overwhelm that light, cannot stand against the light that is in us. Lord, that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, created unto good works, created for a good lifestyle. Lord, that's what you have made us. We are children of the King of Kings. We are children of the Lord of Lords. You have made every spiritual blessing in high places available to us. Let us grab a hold of that. Let us grab a hold of what you have called us and how you identify us. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you.